Hey, welcome to episode one of the Wayfair podcast. I'm Zach Elliott. I'm the executive director of V3 Ministries. And for over a year, we have been dreaming and preparing and hoping that we could get to tonight where we would set out on a journey together, but with everybody who is joining us. So we're super excited for tonight. Our hope is to recover and explore what for centuries was probably the most helpful metaphor for thinking about the Christian life. And that was a wayfarer, a traveler, somebody who was on a journey. And that's kind of gone by the wayside, but we want to recover it and we want to explore what that means and we want to do it together. And so that was the dream for this podcast, to set out and find a few people who would be willing to wayfare together, to go on that journey together and to open up conversation, not just together, but with everybody who joins us. And our hope is that this podcast is not just a conversation about that idea. We want more of an embodied reality, an embodied experience where we are actually people on the way, people on this journey together, and we are doing it and having the conversation on the way. So that's what the podcast is about. We've been super excited about it, and the only way it could work would be to get a legit cast of the most wonderful people that are interesting and funny and smart and all of the things that everybody I'm about to introduce you to is. So before I do anything else, I want to introduce the cast of Wayfarer Podcast. To my right is Jared. Jared, how are you? Doing good. Happy to be here. Jared Thomas, what are you feeling right now in the moment as you think about being on night one of the podcast? How are you feeling? Yeah, when you're describing your dream cast of everything that needed to be, I was like, so what happened? <laughs> <laughs> good night. Uh, no, excited to be here. Excited for good conversations and getting into it. Yeah, it's kind of fun. We'll talk about Jared's day job and the hope he has, but you're going to bring us up a little bit. I feel like when we were thinking about people to join, Jared's name came right to the top of the list because of your wit and your humor. Yeah. But you're a serious guy, too. You're a serious and thoughtful guy, so don't let him fool you. To my... I, that's, it's exactly right. To my left is Katya Guzman. Katya, how are you tonight? Hey, what's up, guys? Super excited to be here. Yeah. It's super good. I'll get into the story behind it, but Katya is another one. In fact, I told Cami, my wife, when we were dreaming about the idea, you were the first person that I said, we have to get Katya. And it was kind of like when you're going for a quarterback or something, and you're saying, we're going to build an offense around something. And you go, well, what if they say no? Like, what if they don't want to be on the team? So I'm glad you said yes. It's super good to have oh, you. Oh, instantly yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The minute you were like, hey, want to meet at a coffee shop? I was just excited to meet with you guys. Then you popped the question. I was like, oh, immediately, you immediately. You're in. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Yep. You're in. To your left is Jonathan Clendenin. Jonathan, how are you? I'm good. Good. Happy to be here. Is that is that actually a lie? I mean, show people your hands. I'm in a small amount of pain, but... We, we talk about being honest, and Jonathan's another person that has become a good friend. You'll get to know Jonathan really well, but super bright, super faithful, but a little bit daring, and he'll tell Sometimes you the story. Sometimes it now. pays, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Behind the board over there with a different camera shot, that is Riley Cooper. He is our producer. Yay. Riley, thank you for setting up all of this. It's not a small task to get all of these different pieces in place, whether it's the video or the audio and all that side. So you've done really well. The other thing that was important to us was preparing as a team. So we've spent some months together. Do you feel like we got there, Riley? No, I think we need to restart this. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I think we've got it. You know, I think we started as some people who knew each other, and now I think we're, you know, we're friends, and we know each other much better, and 
Um, I think we're all super excited to to go on this journey together, and uh, we invite you to go on the journey with us. So, yeah, we're ready. Yeah, there you go. That's the cast. Wayfair episode one, that's the cast. Yay, yay, yay. Here's the thing. We, I said it before, but this idea of the metaphor of a wayfarer, that was how everybody thought about the Christian faith for centuries. And it wasn't that you believed certain things on a piece of paper or you assented to a tract that somebody handed you and said, do you believe that? The Christian faith was a movement that broke out when Jesus literally would walk up to people in the midst of their daily lives and say, follow me. And that invitation sparked off a complete recalibration of people's lives. And we, if you think about reading through the Psalms, the Psalms are structured in such a way that there's orientation, disorientation, and new orientation. And so you have people collecting taxes, you have people going fishing, you have people making things, and Jesus would walk up and intersect with these people and say, follow me. And there was something about that invitation that was compelling enough for them to go. And the the beautiful thing about what we're embarking on tonight and together is that there's this tension between humility and certainty, right? The humility to say, we don't know what is ahead, right? That's the beautiful thing about a journey is it's going to unfold over time. We're going to travel ground that's unexpected and surprising and challenging. That is going to literally play out as we are having these conversations for the months ahead. And the certainty we have is that we are following a fixed point. And I think there's something hopeful about that. You're going to hear me come back to this quote from Friedrich Nietzsche, who said that we've wiped the horizon. And in the modern age, the place that we find ourselves, and a lot of you who are listening probably feel the same way, but Nietzsche was pointing to our day. And he said, when we declared God is dead, we wiped the horizon. And he said, when we did that, we took away that line of sight, that thing that you were walking toward. And because of that, he said, are we not falling forward, backward, sideward? in all directions. And that, I think, is why the invitation of Jesus is such a beautiful and sweet invitation, because in the midst of all that disruption, you hear a voice that says, come follow me. And you get to say, I don't know it all, but I know that I'm going to follow. And that's what we're going to set out to do, and we're going to do it together. The question is, what does that look like in 2023? What does it look like in the context of our days and our lives? What does that journey look like? Where does it lead? How does it transform the way that we think about God and ourselves and each other and the world? So we're going to get to those questions, but that's the Wayfair podcast. When we started, we said we're going to set one rule that is unbreakable, which would be that we would be honest and we would do it around friendship and that we this would be legitimate friendship. Jared, you said this tonight before we started. We have a saying, it's only true if it's true. And what we said is, we've got to be friends first. And I want that to be true for us and for everybody who joins this conversation, is that there's a, there's a hospitality to the wayfaring life that just says, we're on a journey, you want to come, and you want to go with us. And over that course of that journey, you become legitimate friends. And so we started out getting to know each other, and I thought, well, the best possible way we could start this episode is just letting people in on that friendship that developed and a little bit of the backstory behind each of you, because each of your stories is unique, and, and there's a texture to you that's going to be really important. And I think people are going to go, you know what, I resonate with something in your story or your story. So I want to start out tonight, and I don't even remember who, I think I'm going to go to Jonathan. Jonathan, I'm going to you first. 
And here's what I want to know. I want to know three things that you want, that you want people to know, right? Like this is a, we take the bypass commuter lane. What are three things that you want people to know as you start this journey and they go, you know what? I think I'm in. I think I want to follow along. So first is I want people to know where I came from. Um, I grew up in a, a Christian home and it was a very good life. I had good parents, good siblings, and um, life was handed to me, I would say, on a silver platter. And I, I took that and I sort of I squandered it. And there was a, a draw from being in the bubble I was in. There was a draw of the world that I gave into. And when I got freedom, when I went to college, uh, I took that and I went very far. And I found myself in some very, very dark places and tried just about everything and um, struggled a lot with, with shame. And I was just running from God and that even though I had everything right, like growing up, I still went about as far as you can go without destroying your life. So it, there, there was a lot of, um, it was very humbling to find out that um, my, my foundation was true. The Christian life that I was brought up in was actually true. Um, but it, it, it took a while. And I know if there's other people out there that have um, find themselves in that place where they they ran for a while. It's, it's, it's never too late. Um, and the second thing was, was goes on to the, the wayfaring journey and how that was different than how my childhood was. Cause even though I was a Christian and I knew the right answers, uh, I didn't have a relationship with God that I could say that like, I, I, I loved God or that I, I followed him. I knew the answers, but I didn't have it. And this journey that that Zach, you really um, started to bring me on when, after I met you was everything I had l- looked for and everything that I was missing. And when I was searching for things in the world, I didn't realize it, but what I have found on this journey is, is what I was looking for. Um, and it's been, it's been amazing. So thank you, Zach. And um, the journey just keeps going. So there's so much to learn. And then the third thing is, I don't know if you guys, there's an up and coming theory called the theory of evolution by a guy named Charles Darwin. <laughs> Familiar. Um, brand, brand new. <laughs> I've yeah. heard of it. But um, I, I believe that the human being is the most impressive thing of engineering, so I, I think it was designed by an intelligent creator. But if we're to entertain the idea, there are these moments where, like, you think the first guy to see, and he starts, like, stops bumping into walls. You know, that guy, he's, like, he's got something, right? Or the first guy to, to have hands, and, you know, he starts using tools, things like that. I have found the next stage. You, this is a huge episode. Episode one. We, this is it. <laughs> setting bar out. It's called Darwin. I think I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, he he'd be all about this. Yeah, but it's called the electric unicycle. Oh. And uh, it gives you the ability to travel with your mind. Like you can just think, and then you move at forty miles an hour down the road. And it's uh, I'm a more evolved being now. So yeah. that's it. How's it also it does this sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but how's that just just out? wear your gear, all the gear, <laughs> yeah. all the time. But yeah. That's so the it. question is, what were you thinking? If it goes where you were thinking, what were you thinking when you obliterated your side and your hands? So I was going straight, but the problem is um, the earth is three-dimensional. Yeah. So there mm-hmm. was a bump. So I didn't think about the bump. If I had thought about the bump, I'd be fine. So that's what go. it was. I think natural selection is going to take over. Yeah, that's, that's a part of the theory, too. <laughs> part of the evolution. But, yeah. Oh my gosh. Katya, same question to you. Three things. Three like, things. Yeah. Three okay. Things. Top three things. Okay, ready? So first one, definitely faith 
is a very important factor in my life. Um, you know, born cradle Catholic, always carried my faith everywhere, very black and white, um, but really made my faith mine when I got into college and really encountered real life, like crazy stuff that only happened in stories at home. And uh, I really adopted my faith and to carry it with me literally through everything. So that's number one. Number two is a big family person. So that is a very much a huge part of my identity. Um, I do everything with them. I have five siblings, uh, second oldest, uh, new nephew. It's a good time. Big family. Love them. So that's another one. And then third um, is another really important part of my identity. Uh, would have to be my love for art, just art in general. Like it really embodies absolutely everything I do in the sense of uh, visual art, the way I dress, um, the way I write, uh, anything that will bring beauty to my everyday. Um, because, you know, every day is the ordinary, but it doesn't have to be bad. So just making it somewhat not like not making it mundane you know, making the ordinary extraordinary. So that's my love for art. And I would say that like, that is like my, that that's me. So nice right. to meet everybody. <laughs> Faith, family, and art. Yes. I love it. Frederick Buechner writes uh, an incredible book called The Remarkable Ordinary. Mm. And it's, you would love it. I'll Be read that. Buechner's amazing anyways. Riley's smiling because you're like, dad's about to nerd out on everybody. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Frederick Buechner, it's great. Remarkable ordinary. I'm going to read it. Seriously. Three things, Jared. Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't realize they were going to be like deep, like meaningful <laughs> facts about ourselves. <laughs> uh, you got it. Yeah. Uh, so I love a good book uh, on my shelf. I'm not a big reader. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I collect a lot of books, but, and I'm trying to get, be better about reading it. So that's one thing about me. Uh, the second thing is I'm a big fan of humor. Mm -hmm. I like joking, uh, almost to a fault to an extent. You know, it, uh, yeah, it almost makes me like struggle to judge character a lot because someone could be a terrible person, but if they laugh at the jokes, I'm going to like them, you know? That's awesome. I tend to struggle with that. And if they don't laugh at the jokes, I'm like, they're kind of... We don't like them very <laughs> much. Yeah, they need to check themselves. Uh, third thing, I'm really brand loyal. Oh. Uh, big fan of Chili's. I tried. <laughs> they captured my heart at a young age, and Stuck you know, I tried to get them to sponsor me for the longest time. That oh, poor social baby, media baby, person. Baby. Yeah, I love that. So I wanted to remix that. I was like, Chili's, you have so much opportunity in the social media world, and they finally got kicking like a year after I started messaging them, but were not interested in my services at the time. So <laughs> like them, like Fabletics, huge fan. Um, also like Faith is big too. So <laughs> if I had to name good. a third thing, uh, <laughs> grew up in a Christian home and all that. And similar to Katya, I think in college it became my own mm -hmm. and, and adulthood. And thankfully it's been a smooth road, no bumps uh, since then. It's been great. Yeah. If the book thing, don't let him fool you. There's a serious side. There's a depth side. No, it's for sure. Big. You brought, I, you brought two books over the other night. Me and your eight-year-old son read the same books. <laughs> so <laughs> the Percy Jackson series, we were both reading at the same time, and he outpaced me. Yeah. <laughs> he read more pages than I could. That kid, today, we were, at a, we were at a volleyball game for one of the other kids, 
And I turn over, and he's standing behind a garbage can with the book propped up on the garbage can, oh reading gosh. at the volleyball game. I was just like, yeah. He's Boom. so yeah. cool. He's going to be like kid. Harvard, Yale, Columbia, all of the Ivy Leagues. Like, he's going to go to all of them. He I loves just know. to read. All of, them, so all of them at once. All of them at once. Online classes. <laughs> real convenient nowadays. Riley, three things. What do we need to know? Three things. Three things. Let's see. Um, let's say number one, Tampa native. So... Love my city, born and raised here my whole life. Uh, same thing with almost uh, all of my mom's side of the family. Almost everybody was uh, born in Tampa and raised, so roots go deep in Tampa. Um, I love Tampa. The city is beautiful. Um, the sports, big sports guy. Love the Lightning. Love the Bucks. Um, Ray, I'm not the huge, you know, the biggest baseball guy, but go Rays. I, I just went and saw them up in Minneapolis, so. Uh, Go raise. And uh, so that's that's one. And then two, um, I guess similar to a lot of you guys, you know, I was raised in church, uh, grew up going to church every Sunday. Um, but I would say like a, for a, a long time, like I was kind of, you know, like I knew about it all, but like I didn't like really have it like in my heart, like I just had in my brain. And so it took me some time to like get it into my heart and, you know, actually, you know, encounter Jesus. And the moment I encountered Jesus, it was like, all right, now I really do know you. And so from there, like kind of changed. So faith's definitely a huge aspect of my life. Um, and, uh, three, I would say it's probably just, um, love and caring and, um, you know, like I love spending time with my family, friends, um, I love making sure like all my friends are taken care of. They're all doing okay. You know, if they're going through a rough time, trying to be there for them. Same thing with any of my family. Like I'd say that's, you know, a huge thing for me. Like I'll drop everything I'm doing to make sure like my friend's car broke down. I'll drop what I'm doing to go make sure they're taken care of and they, you know, can figure out what's wrong and go jump a friend's car, you know, what, you know, whatever it is, but, um, definitely a big thing for me. Yeah. I've seen it over and over again, the, all of that, the, the faithful to the city thing. And the fact that you travel to a Rays game, you can't say, like, I'm not that big of a fan, but I just flew to a different city to go to the game. That's- it was mainly for the Bucks game, but it was, it was a, a plus. My whole family was more excited about seeing both. I was more excited just about the Bucks. If the Rays weren't playing, I still would have wanted to go to the Bucks game, but pulled out the win, too. So that was Man. awesome. Baker. Baker Mayfield's going after it. Where are you going? We'll see. Justin Fields taking this Sunday, though. <laughs> you it's, wish. We, we have a pretty cool city. Like, we have a sports city. I never lived in Not a sports totally. city until we moved to Tampa, and I was like, okay, we've got football and hockey. Hockey, I didn't understand the connection there because it was hot, but, yeah, it's good. Best I, thing to go to. The, I think what was cool is we started to hang out together and really start with friendship the first thing I noticed that was a common thread, everybody grew up around the table, had fam- like strong family connections. Family was a part of your story. The friendship was a part of your story. There was that thread of continuity. And so I, th- I started to see this cast of characters, this, this Wayfair podcast cast, like a movie cast. And Riley, that faithful friend, like he absolutely uh, is that guy. And so I love the loyal, the brand loyalty thing. I can see that same thing. Like you will be there. You turn around, and Jared's the wind at your back. Like we're not. I'm not giving up. I have like, two Chili's gift cards in my car right now. Yeah, <laughs> ready to use. Hawaiian t-shirts. When are we going? Yeah, absolutely. So loyal. Whenever. I love it. Talk to you after. <laughs>
faith is part of the the reason to have this conversation. The other thing everybody mentioned is we grew up around the church or grew up in the church. People had faith, and we've said that a lot of us have that experience of saying we get it, but we don't have it. Like the life, I know it at a head level, but my life has not been formed or shaped, or there's an incongruity, right? Like I've got facts and ideas in my head, but if you see the day, the way I live my life, I'm still wrought with anxiety. I'm pulled from this side to that side, tempted to this, fall into that. And that just kept happening. And mm-hmm. there was an evolution that takes place in our life that it starts to go from, as Riley said, head to the heart. And it's not just, I get it, but I have it. And that's why I'm so excited about this. Again, back to Jesus's invitation. It was an embodied thing and people didn't have it all figured out on day one. It was come follow me. And in the process of following, Jesus would be off there and all of us would be sitting around going, what did he say? Like, what did he mean by that? And it's just faith is we need to, I hope we can, again, recover and explore and invite everybody to join and to reconsider it. Because right now the data is that Christianity in the West, in faith in general, not just Christian faith, but religion in the West is on a rapid and accelerating decline and especially 18 to 30s, the demographic is just, is just it, it's not meaningful. And so I hope that if you're listening, tuning into this conversation, the first thing we want to say is we just want to give you an invitation to come with us because we think there's something meaningful there. We've discovered something that does move from just the head to the heart, and we're going to get to do it together. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, Katya, the faith for you, the people that were most influential or shaped your faith, if you went back to your story, could you put a name or names with some people who you would say those were probably the most influential people in the, in my life of faith? Yeah, no, I I feel like when I look back at my faith life, I kind of look at it more as like just a big book. And I mean, we're still writing in it to this day, but I have different chapters and each chapter is a different name and or a group because I feel like to give one person all of the like accolades of this person is responsible for my faith life. Like that's kind of not the point. Like we're all on a journey and you're going to encounter like the Wayfair, like you're going to encounter people that are going to just like really boost your confidence and give you more inspiration and this like will of, Oh, I'm going to move on into this section. So to go into my story, um, I would definitely say, um, since conception, my parents, um, since conception, really, all the way go, back there, you can't go earlier. I'm, yeah. I'm serious. My I mean, parents, they, 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 they're, dad, but. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both Catholic Christians. Um, very much so. So yeah, since I was born, um, and I found out the other day, my mom, when, um, I was in her womb or whatever, um, they thought I was going to, have like um down syndrome and so she went to mass every single day isn't that crazy while i was in her body and not because she was scared of me having down syndrome but more so just to have the like strength to be able to help me Mm -hmm. so i think that's crazy the fact that i've known jesus since a baby like communion it was insane so my mom and dad. And then, uh, you know, like I said, Catholic school my whole life. And then, uh, so when I got into college, 
I became super confused, super lost the fact that not everyone had the same morals and values as I did. And I found Zach and Cammy um, through a serendipitous meetup that my dad had with Zach. And that was so awesome because I found community. And I think community was just such a spark of life that I needed because mm-hmm. it's so hard to walk on your own. We're social beings. Like it's hard to be strong on your own. So especially when you're feeling weak. So that was awesome. Being able to meet everyone, even Jonathan. And um, I've met, you know, everyone else along the way. But um, so yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And then along the way, finding Bible studies and meeting different like nuns and priests and um, just people even at like parties, we just sit and talk about what we love. And all of a sudden, our faith would come up and they're like, Oh my God, you're raised Christian too. I was too. And, um, it kind of makes you think like, wow, this is so much more important than, um, I thought it was when I was younger. And it just kind of kept pushing me to really get into my faith again and maybe be that spark of inspiration for someone else that they were for me. So, um, yeah, just kind of going into this purpose of this podcast too. Um, I think this is my uh, little payback to Jesus for kind of sending me people along mm. the way. Mm. So I'm hoping that he's going to, you know, give me to someone else uh, to help them too. And everyone else here, you know, yeah, buddy system. <laughs> well, you, we don't do it alone. I think that's, I love your story for two reasons. One is that the idea of the book with a lot of chapters and that there's no one person, mm-hmm. that's reality. And we, again, one of the mistakes, one of the things that we've gotten wrong in Western Christianity in the churches, it's my individualized, privatized, just completely in this, we, Lewis, C.S. Lewis would call it chronological snobbery. Mm-hmm. Like it's starting from me right now in this point. And it's like, no, you had a mom, you had a dad, you had an aunt, you had a friend, you had a brother. Like, if you could zoom out and pause the story and see it from God's view, he was intricately involved in that entire story, sending people, putting things in your path, mm-hmm. signals of transcendence, the whole thing, calling and wooing. And that's what makes it beautiful. That's what I think I'm excited about this journey to keep pulling on those threads and just open us up into your second point about being in conversation where it isn't a privatized thing that we don't talk about. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the other exciting things about our moment is there's an openness and an open transcendent posture that people are opening up and saying, you know what, there's something. Right. I don't know if I can put a name to it. I don't know if I'm willing to commit my life to something, but I'm haunted I'm stirred by something. Right. And I think if that's you, that's part of what we're excited about is say, yeah, come with us, right? Like we have that same haunting and wondering too. And that's the same invitation. Jesus met people and there was something about his voice. There was something about the authority. There was something about his embodied way that people said, I want to go. I want to follow on that way. Jared, Katya talked about people. I was asking her about people, but there's also moments that we can we can look back and we can say something changed, right? Like it was yeah. a, one of those significant, impactful moments where faith did move from the head to the heart, or it was challenged, or yeah. I found in my season in a or self in a season of doubt. Is there a moment that stands out, good or bad, in your sure. life of faith that you would say, yeah, that's significant, a part of my story? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely in in college, I, I was involved in crew, uh, campus ministry, ran Bible studies, did the whole MC thing at the crew weekly meetings. So it was very much like faith, went to church, you know, it was very integrated in my day-to-day life. Like it was almost structured in. 
And when I graduated, I took a job. I went to Colorado for three months of training, and then I moved to Chicago. And then all of a sudden, it was the wild, wild west. I didn't really know anybody in Chicago. I didn't know what church to go to. I didn't know anything. And it was uh, a real time of just like, you know, just trying to figure it out. You know, you don't feel like you have all the tools. And so it was a very fascinating time to, you know, have to go look at churches. There was one time I went to a church, and there was like one church at 10 and one at 11. And it's like you're trying to find that church, right? Mm-hmm. And I went for like 30 minutes and realized this wasn't going to be the church. So I dipped out in the middle of the like- Yeah, I didn't like the worship. <laughs> uh, it wasn't my style. Uh, there was off notes in the singing, and I just, ugh, little it. things, you know. But it was that season of like, man, like you have to decide if you actually want to do this, and you have to figure it out. And, you know, the, I can still picture, you know, I'd always meal prep on Sunday nights, and it was always like very beautiful because I, I lived in a building where it's all around all these buildings that would light up in the sunset and I would walk in with the groceries and the door would shut behind me and I was just alone. Mm-hmm. And it was just like such an awkward, quiet mm-hmm. loneliness mm-hmm. that, you know, throughout my whole life I'd been around people that whole time and had always had that kind of love and encouragement at every step. Even in college, my freshman year roommate became one of my best friends. So it was like, immediately always had friends and you get to Chicago and and then it's like not there at all Mm. Mm. and Mm. it's like you have to figure out what matters you know what all right is God real do I really believe him am I really bought into this and you know that season of life was instrumental in kind of building a perseverance of faith of like hey when it gets hard when it gets dark you know those are the times that you have to cling harder you know almost not you know not let go yeah so I love that. Chicago, first of all, I love. You oh, know that. Yeah. Chicago's such a good city. Mm-hmm. Love that city. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. I love, too, just the the difference. And what's I think what's going to be really cool along this journey is, Katia, from your experience on in college, right? And mm-hmm. in a similar disruptive sense, like I'm not nested within my family's ecosystem right. of faith. Here I am, and I'm trying to find my way. That happens in college, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it's not just in college, right? And here you find yourself for the first time moving to a city and establishing yourself and saying, am I going to keep walking in that way? And what does that even look like? And there's people listening to this podcast who are in that exact same place, and I know what you're saying when the garage door closes and you're in that eerie silence and for that first apartment, that first house, that first job in a new city, and you have no community. And it's like the grocery store is new. You don't know where to walk, right, to get milk and the egg. That, we have yeah. that. And it's, it's disruptive. It's that season of disorientation. And, yeah, those, I think it's fun to, to think that we're not alone, right? You've walked that. You've walked that. You all have walked that. Riley, for you, you grew up in the church. Um, you've mentioned that. You've been a part of church ministry. But this, this journey for you is, there is a curiosity, I think. There's a difference in the last couple of years as I've known you. And as we've been preparing for this podcast, there's something that's like a hope that we might recover or explore something that you're interested in. What is it about this particular project that makes you curious even after so many years in the church, in and around ministry, what is it about this that's maybe different and offers something that you're, that's making you curious? Yeah, I would say, you know, like you said, like there's, there's this curious part of me about this podcast and this idea of a wayfarer. And I just can't wait to explore it more with, with you guys. And I would say that's kind of the point right there. It's that sense of community and that, that sense of like, us four right here or us five right here and like 
everybody, all the listeners, like we're on this journey together and we're experiencing these things in our life. And it's the idea of like, we can come together and we can, we're, we're supposed to come together and we have this space now, or we hope you can find this space to come together and go on this journey together because you're not alone and we're not meant to do life alone. And you hear that preached over and over at different churches, but it's one, it's one thing to, to, to hear it preached to you and it's another to actually find that and experience that. And so I would say that's the, that, that sense of, you know, a wayfaring group, a, a, a community, like that's the thing that I, I'm looking forward to the most of the looking the most forward to exploring and, you know, seeing what, it has to offer, honestly, because um, for me, like that's something I feel like a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know are missing in their life, and they have this sense of like, all right, I go to school or I go to work, and then I go home, and it's done, and it's like I see my family, you know, on holidays, and so they're just they're doing life alone, and you know, they maybe know about religion or know who Jesus is, but they don't really have that that community. They don't really know what that looks like or how to find that. And so that's the thing I'm looking forward to most on, you know, on this journey and experiencing and learning and growing and hoping to take and share with, you know, my friends. So, yeah. No, it's not that theme. We're not alone. We're not walking it out alone and not just in our own city or neighborhood or family, but it's pretty cool to think again, that this metaphor for a wayfarer that you would find familiarity if you went to a different town, a different city, a different place, and you met other Christian people, their imagination for the Christian life, if you if you ask them to imagine what the Christian life was, they would tell stories of pilgrimage and journey and longing for a better country and, a, and exodus people and exile people. These are the narratives that are just rich and, and storied in the Bible. And it's what we're longing for. And the two great crises of our time of modernity that people keep coming back to are a crisis of meaning and a crisis of meaningful connection. And it's like we're connected mm-hmm. in 10 million different ways. I'm connected to more people than I even want to be connected with, but it's not meaningful connection. Mm, I'm longing for that. Yeah. And it's a crisis of meaning. Mm-hmm. You go, okay, I go to church, but it doesn't mean anything. I go to school, but does that mean anything? Does my job mean anything? Does anything mean anything? And I think that's what you're drawing on of like, what if there is a way to walk? And this is the beautiful thing, like old prophets in the Bible saying, here is the way, right? And the the invitation was, there is a way that you can find rest for your soul, where it will feel as if meaning has poured into your life and meaningful connection is the, the ecosystem that you're nested in. That's what they were describing. There is a way find it, the return to the old way, the ancient path, and find it, walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. I think that's what all of us are longing for and saying, I don't know if I have all the answers. That's not the point. But I do know one who's made an invitation, and he seems to invite us into a fullness of life. In fact, that was his explicit promise. Like, I came that you might have life to the full. And it's pretty cool to think that whether you're in your 20s or mid-20s or far beyond the 20s, right? That journey just keeps going, and we can share that together. It's pretty rich. Jonathan, you, I'm curious for you, over the last couple of years, we've had the chance to kind of walk shoulder to shoulder and alongside this path a little bit. 
how has your faith matured? Like, how have you changed? You mentioned it goes from head to heart, but what does that even mean? What does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we first met, I was at a place where I had turned my life around and I was following God. I knew that was right. So I was sort of just doing what I had always known, go to church, serve. And I felt like I was making up for the way that I was living before. Um, and then when I met you, there was a way that you spoke about Jesus that I was like, I, I want that. Whatever that guy has, I need that. So, um, yeah, once once we started meeting, the, the first lesson that you taught me um, was to come as I am or come as you are. And this was very critical for me because I was trying to make up for things and I was trying to um, get rid of bad habits and try trying to fix myself so that I could be close to Jesus. And that was never going to work. I was always going to fall short. So when I finally could come to God and come to Jesus and feel um, not like I had to make up for it, but just, just be there and be who I was. And then he began to prune some of those things out. That was, that was very um, impactful. And the second thing was the the journey part of it, the long, slow, deep, and how much time it takes and how much there is to learn. And uh, like the lead measures versus lag measures, um, like focusing on the little things, like getting, um, getting in the Word or praying and not necessarily doing it on a, a perfect schedule, but just doing it rather than looking back and saying, I haven't read my Bible in a week. Just let me get a verse and let me let me slowly inch towards it because it takes time. And the thing I've been learning, I would say recently, is is this idea of when I start to get it and I'm walking on the journey and things are making sense and my life is is getting better. Um, then pride comes in. I'm like, all right, yeah, I got it. I got to figure it figured out. You know, I'm on the way. Let's go. And then the second that happens, right away, totally. I fall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that idea of constant surrender and humility and I think this is the the lesson that Job learned after uh, he was such a faithful guy and he experienced so much hardship and it's like what why why did he do that but he still had a lesson to learn too and at the end of it at the end of Job when he told God he said um like you you ask the questions and I will answer and it's still that humble like even this guy who seems to know it all still knows nothing it's mm -hmm. still it's still God so it's um, that perspective is is very humbling. Yeah, that that humbling is the word that was coming to mind as you were describing that, and I thought that that is the beauty of kind of taking a breath. And I think when Jesus says, "Hey, take my yoke; it's easy, it's light; my burden is light." There's a different way to walk. The point is not that you figure it out first and then come with me. The point is that I want you. I've come to you, and I want you to come with me. And over the course of walking you will see, you will understand. There will be a life that is nurtured within you, and it just, it is, it's becoming uh, along the way. Mm -hmm. And there's a rest to that, and there's a humility to that, a great mm -hmm. confession to say, like, God is, God is ineffable, mysterious. He's knowable, and He's revealed Himself. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, like the power of revelation, the power of, you don't have to figure it out, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's some things that you accept, like God has written it all over creation that he exists. Mm -hmm. What if we could just take a breath and say, thank you for that, right? And not be so suspicious. And Yeah, it's going to be fun. Do you get nervous? You, Jared, I'm going to out you. Can I say you're a funny guy? 
Right? You do stand up. I try. Yeah. He's like a professional funny person, right? Is that what you call you? I've never been paid. I've been paid to stop before. (laughs) I'll pay you to stop right now. Here's my question. Like this conversation, and it's risky because we talked about it. It's public, right? And I have so much admiration for each of you to participate, right? Because it is risky to open up and say, well, what if I don't get it 100% right? What if I look back on some early conversation? I go, man, I learned a lot since that first conversation. It's risky to open yourself. Do you get nervous about doing stuff like this? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I, I, I think it's honestly those kind of bookmarks are kind of beautiful. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. My buddy, he's 30 going through seminary, and he's like, well, I don't want to write a book right now. I want to wait until I'm like 50 to write a book. I don't want to look back and think that I was dumb then. I was like, but you are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you you. will see it. And it's like, thank goodness you see Mm -hmm. it, you know, because it's like you've you've grown up and that's great. Mm -hmm. You know, like my kids will probably watch Mm -hmm. this. And it's like, hey, go to bed. Yeah. Go to bed. Yeah. Get out of here. What are you talking about? Uh, So it's like that that getting to see the difference of that is like great. You know? you know how hard that is, though? It's like a before and after photo. That's yeah. so true, though. Like, what if, like, you say something and you're, like, fighting your kid about that in, like, 20 years. And you're like, well, Dad, you said this in the podcast. Yeah, and, and you did an, it, too. And I was an idiot back then. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to this guy. Do not listen to me. I want to be sharing all the ways I've messed up on this podcast, not the success. I don't... <laughs> We don't have successes quite ready yet. You know? this is, <laughs> it's early in the season. <laughs> early right? in the season. It's a growth year. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Here's the thing, we'll though, see. about that. It, the, again, not to overly emphasize the metaphor, but that wayfaring journey, you, we see what we see right now. And even scripture, like you see in part, there will be more that mm-hmm. you will see. And so I love this. We talked to Jerry Root, who was a professor at Wheaton, brilliant guy, wonderful guy. And he said, Zach, you can have a sure word, but you don't get the last word. Mm. And I was like, stuff like that. Like, you can have a sure word. There's things that I know, and and I can be sure of them. But that doesn't mean I completely understand them. And I I certainly don't get the last word, right? Talk about one of the brightest guys, like, that we've had the privilege to sit down with and talk to. Like, that guy is so bright and, like, light years ahead of people. Like, when you think of, like... Like in Jedi terms, yeah. like a like that guy's like Master Yoda. I feel like like he's up there. He's three eleven. Yeah. <laughs> what you said literally sparked something. I had a conversation today with someone at the coffee house, and we were talking about that whole like we know what's going to happen, but that's not right now sort of thing. And we were talking about ironically, I don't even know why, but we were talking about the meaning of life at the coffee house, and he was like, "Yes, it's." possible and it's going to happen that in 200 years this won't matter like nothing we do will matter but we're not there yet so it's like right now it matters Mm. and right now we have Mm. to be with each other and right now we have to really value what you have and what you just said totally just like mm, right into my brain when it's significant i think that that's what again what's so incredible about meaning right is, is it meaningful that we're here? Even if we don't know it all, is this meaningful? Is it meaningful for us to walk this journey out together? And is it meaningful for us to do it imperfectly? Is that meaningful? We're going to pull on that thread. Meaning and meaningful connection, that's going to come up a lot. Do you get nervous for this stuff like this? I do because I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit bold with what I say in the sense that I will just speak what's on my heart. And sometimes that's a little bit 
raw and that can kind of hit too. Like if you say something that's really like sensitive to you, like it's going to be hard to talk about, but I know it's something that someone else is feeling. So I know that's going to be good. And we've talked about it in the past, but something that I live by is like, if I'm more afraid of what people are going to think than I am afraid of God and his plan for me, then like, what's even the point of it all? Yeah. You know? So I am scared, but I'm happy I have good friends around me to do it. So we're going to, we're going to kill it. So I'm excited. (laughs) I was talking about Yoda. When I heard you say that the first time, I was like, (laughs) the, we don't talk about fear of God anymore. And to hear somebody say like, there's two things before me and I'm afraid of both of them. But if I have to choose, I would much rather fear God and obey where he's calling me then succumb to the fear of people. You said it like that. I was like, okay. Talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> Move over. It's like that emoji. Yeah. With <laughs> that's right. Right. That's true. Like, I mean, it's like people always talk about the fear of God and it makes it sound so like, oh, this big man in the cloud is going to kill me or something. You know what I mean? Like, that sounds awful. Um, but it's like, not that, because God has this amazing plan for you. Like, he has your best interest at heart. And, you know, he might take opportunities away from you to give you the ones that you actually need and the ones that will actually fill you with just pure joy. So it's like, why would I choose this mediocre path that I've made for myself when I've already been made this great path by God that's literally sitting there waiting for you Mm. and you choose because you're impatient to go on this one that you just made? Like, I've been there, done that, totally. But it's like, I'd much rather now be patient and go this one. Yeah. So. I, I feel like a lot of people think of like pain in life as like something that like invalidates God a lot of the times. Right. But uh, an interesting study I heard about one time, I don't know many studies, but this is one I know. <laughs> uh, they were trying to create the most perfect environment for trees to grow in Arizona. And so they created this biome and they put everything, the, the right temperature, everything that you'd need for these trees to grow perfectly. But they could only grow to a certain height before they'd break. And they didn't know why. And it was because wind helps those trees grow really strong oh. at the core. And so without wind, without things trying to push them constantly, they don't grow that inner core that's so strong so that they can grow up higher. Mm-hmm. And so I think that oftentimes can be true in life. Oh. <laughs> Dang. Oh. Look at you go. You know, those challenges are important. No, I like that a lot. It's so true. And we're all connected in the end of the day. Like, we're all made of stars here. We're all made of the same stuff. We're made of, like, whatever trees are made of, I bet. You know what's crazy you about know? that? I'm going to give a book plug. The Hidden Life of Trees. Cool. If you read the book, huh. The Hidden Life of Trees, there's a whole network of the way trees communicate. And it's, it's incredible. Is there but a movie? About the hidden life of trees? I don't know. They should make a movie. Secret, secret life of bees. Secret life of bees. Pets. 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 There's a lot of secret lives out there. That's a cool book. I love that. I'll be using that yeah. Feel free. in conversations. Feel free. Well, I'm super grateful <laughs> for each of you. Like, humbled by you, grateful for you. Um, and the courage. I think it does take courage. I think it takes courage to, to have a conversation like we want to have. And not just a conversation, but to embody something together. So thank you for saying yes. And thank you, everybody who's listening. And I would just encourage you, like, think about somebody who might 
benefit or might be interested in a conversation like this. And I'm going to be thoughtful about that because, again, a crisis of meaning, a crisis connection, that's not just shared by us. But Katya, thank you for being a part of it. Thanks for saying yes. Jonathan, thank you for saying yes. Riley, thanks for doing all the work that you do. And Jared, thank you so much. You're you're like, I don't know if you made the cut. Hey, we're going to be back the next episode. We're going to pull on the thread. And now that you know us, now that you hear each of these voices, uh, you'll get to keep knowing us and getting to know us. But we're going to step uh, one foot in front of the other on this journey and pull on some of these threads because this is the stuff that everybody's thinking about. Even, Katya, what you were describing about a designed existence or a derived existence. Do I have, do I really believe, even this, like the invitation is God's in front of you saying, follow me. That presupposes that he knows more than you do. And I get a choice to say, let the story unfold. That's what we're going to explore the next time we're together. So thanks a lot. We'll be back next time. Sounds good. Bye.